Alrighty guys, episode number three of the UFC State of the Union podcast. My name is Brian Vosper. Uh, just diving straight in, there's been a crap ton of news that came out specifically today. I'm going to actually kind of start back and going on Saturday, um, right at the during the Yair versus Ortega um, card. Um, there were definitely, there was a big announcement that was made during that card. Um, I think I'm going to first kind of recap some of the, some of the stuff on that card. Um, big bummer with the main event. We had Ortega, um, Yair, um, freak accident with Ortega, um, shoulder pops out first round. Um, my opinion on that whole thing is, I think it showed, in my opinion, what Ortega's game plan was going to be in that fight. And almost a little concerning, to be honest. Um, he was able to get Yair to the ground in round one. So, freak freak accident, yeah. First exchange on the ground, his shoulder pops out. But I think that was going to kind of show uh, my prediction for that fight. I was actually, in my previous episode, I talked about how Ortega's last submission, I believe, was back in 2017. It was the Cubs-Swanson fight. Um, and, you know, I was like, I'm, I was kind of leaning towards, I think Ortega is going to get back on the, the submission train. Um, he was um, almost got Volkanovski, didn't. But he was talking a lot about how he needs to go back to his bread and butter kind of fight week. And so the fact he was, you know, he went, got Yair to the ground round one. Uh, but then freak accident, we didn't really get to see it play out. But that kind of creates a situation now where um, Volkanovski, I think, is sidelined a little bit from his hand surgery because he broke his thumb in the Max Holloway fight. Um, so he might need a minute for that to recover, but this does open up a scenario where we might see Josh Emmett versus Yair, uh, for an interim title. That is definitely an option, but to be honest, Volkanovski has, he, he's kind of got a lot like, I mean, all the stuff's on his side right now. I mean, that guy's basically cleared out his division, so he's got a lot of options, whether he wants to sit on the side um, wait for the big announcement, which happened that card, Oliveira versus Makachev. Um, he can, you know, sit on the sidelines. I talked about that, how if he wants to move up to 155, um, he's got, he wants to do triple C possibly in Australia. The dude's got options, but I think, you know, in my opinion, I think that makes a lot of sense. If we're talking what's next for Yair, um, Go Josh Emmett versus Yair. I think both are kind of in a situation. I think that's a good number one contender fight right there. So that's that's in my opinion what you should take from that that main event. But there was a there were some awesome fights on that card. You got the crazy Matt Schnell comeback. Um, that was absolutely ridiculous. I called a few of the a few of the picks. I didn't lay them all out in the last episode, but I did actually mention a few of my picks for that card. Uh, Lamos got, got that submission on Waterson. Uh, you had Lee pull off the upset versus Salikov. Um, Burgos versus Jordan. That fight was that fight was good. Um, I think Burgos played a more um, strategic fight there, um, and so like using his grappling, and so I think that was a uh, he was able to get the win there. He wasn't like afterwards. He wasn't too impressed um, with um, with how he fought, but actually at the same time. 
it showed a side of Burgos that we usually don't see. And that's kind of, that's pretty cool. I mean, he was able to get Jordan's back in two, in two rounds, which rounds one and two um, were the ones he was able to secure. Um, a big one, underdog cashed. Ricky Simone, I think that dude is an absolute beast. I am from the Bay Area originally, so I'm from Walnut Creek area, but we moved to Sacramento um, when I was 13. So I still remember that watching that fight card um, when it was um, Uriah Faber versus Ricky Simone, and Uriah Faber pulled off the upset and got the KO over Ricky. But I've always thought Ricky was just an absolute stud. That guy is a beast, and I was I was thinking he was going to beat Shore going into that. I feel like people were riding a little too high on Shore going into that, and people were just completely underestimating Ricky. But I mean, this dude is definitely it. Definitely showing more and more that 135 in the UFC is just geez. They're gonna need a top 150 in that division. Because dear lord, if you look at if you look up that like the rankings for one thirty five, the top fifteen is stacked alone. But then you have like so many fighters like even outside of it that aren't ranked. Like you know, Sean O'Malley was he's he's ranked now, but he was unranked for a long time. Um, here, let me pull it up real quick. Um. Because a few names I know that might still not be ranked, uh, Saeed Magomedov. He probably, I think he might have broken in now. But let me let me just kind of see what's going on here. Yeah, so Saeed Nurmagomedov is not in there yet. You know, um, Adrian Yanez, he he was ranked for like 0.2 seconds, then they kicked him out. Um, because of how much action's going on in this division. So like, I mean, there. <laughs> You can look up. There's so many fighters in that division, like that are just like animals, and they're not even ranked. And so that, in my opinion, is the deepest division right now. But um, Ricky Simone, ranked number eleven. Now I love the call out that he had, calling out Sean O'Malley. Um, I think that's an awesome fight. But I, at the same time, I mean, they're gonna have to give Sean, like with this division. There's no more – there's – I mean, yeah, in my opinion, there are a few matchups that are probably more favorable for Sean if you want to get, like, more people that will just stand and bang. Um, but uh, I think Sean O'Malley versus Ricky Simone, that that is an awesome fight. I would love to see that one, see what happens there. Um, Ricky's been calling him out for a minute. But – yeah, that was kind of the recap there of that card. But going back to the big announcement, you got Oliveira versus Makachev announced for October in Abu Dhabi. And this was kind of, you know, prediction. I shared my opinion um, in the previous episodes if this fight were going to be made. Um, I really felt, you know, Makachev, he is a beast. Um, I am a Khabib fan, but if I'm being completely honest, during this whole period after he retired and now you have Makachev kind of trying to take his place, we've seen a lot of trash talk coming from that side. Um, you've even seen kind of like an emergence of like a new new kind of fan base. The Makachev fan base, whoo, I'm not going to lie. If you go on like social media, like Instagram or like pay attention to MMA, MMA on Instagram or MMA Twitter, Dear Lord, you do not want to talk any smack on Makachev or people there. They will come at you. But 
to be honest, like one thing that's I, I've even noticed that's kind of interesting, like um, I, I saw this actually from a few people and I'll be completely honest. I feel like some people in those camps, even, um, you know, the hardcore McGregor fans, a lot of them are kind of, as you'd say, casuals. Um, but I've seen a lot of the, those people like basically kind of pick on Oliveira now. Yeah. I think for the next few months, we're definitely going to see this kind of battle. We're already seeing it go on between, you know, Oliveira camp. And, um, I feel like, you know, Oliveira, the Oliveira side is, it's a lot of people that, you know, might even be in my same boat where a lot of them were Khabib fans, but dude, I'm not a fan of how Khabib's squad is kind of talking so much smack now. I want to see Oliveira shut that up. So I'm on the side, I'm on the Oliveira side. I'm not a McGregor fan. There are some, obviously, you know, the McGregor fans aren't going to be Khabib fans, so they're in that area. But I think there are a lot of people on Team Oliveira that Oliver is one of my favorite fighters right now. I just love seeing this dude just shut people up. Like, this dude does not give a crap. Um, for example, like, when he fought Justin Gaethje, um, that was in Arizona. So he took he took that fight in Gaethje's backyard. That was Gaethje's home crowd that he's fighting in front of, and he's... He came, he submits him in front of his home crowd when the whole week, you know, Gaethje was talking about how you're, I'm going to make you quit and stuff. Gives the dude the home field advantage and he destroys him. Then now with this whole situation, this is literally going to be in Abu Dhabi. This is going to be a very pro Makachev crowd. That is, we saw Khabib fight on fight in Abu Dhabi. Um... And yeah, that is a is going to be a very pro Makachev crowd. I do not see this going to decision. I think we're going to see a finish of some sort. Um, definitely don't want to go to decision if you're Oliveira, um, knowing that because you know he's got the home field advantage there. But kind of going back, I, I love how Oliveira. He's just this dude that I don't care, man. I'll take a fight anywhere. I'm the champ. You know, technically he's not the champ, but everyone knows Oliver is the champ. I gave my opinion on that. I feel like the commission screwed him. He should have appealed that. Um, but I th- I just I I like fighters like that. They're insanely active, and if you look how many times Oliver has fought, and these are all top got top notch competition he's fighting. It's just it that's a cool champion. So I want to see Oliveira, You know, sh- shut these people up. And on top of that, what's even crazier, he's giving Makachev the home field advantage. And what's even going to be crazier, Oliveira has a chance right here. If he does, you know, he if he beats Makachev, this is granted, this is going to be a, a hard fight. Um, if he beats Makachev, though, I think he 100%, there's only two names he should mention. One, try and draw Khabib out. So mention like, hey, Khabib, you talked so much smack leading up to this fight that you wanted Makachev to fight me. I took him out in your home crowd. Either avenge your protege or I'm going to go fight Connor and you can just admit you're afraid. Like he could do some sort of like 
something like that. Um, it basically put Khabib in a situation where your guy got all the privilege in the world. He beat Bobby Green and then got a title shot after it. Um, he was getting catapulted up the rankings to be the Khabib replacement. And if you take him out, like, oh man, like Oliver is also going to be able to be in a position and be like, hey, I'm the GOAT of 155. It's not you anymore. Granted, he's not undefeated like Khabib was, but to be honest, if I'm like, I think if Oliveira pulls this off, um, beats Makachev in Abu Dhabi, it's going to show even more that Khabib retired early. Like he retired right when probably right when the most difficult challenge stylistically showed up to that showed up to the top of the mountain. Um, that would Oliveira, this version of Oliveira that we're seeing now, hands down, would have been Khabib's hardest fight. And the tools and stuff we're seeing right now, I he definitely would have given him the most trouble. It's a similar situation to like, uh, I mean. Like, you know, Tony got out-wrestled now, but, like, if we're kind of comparing it back then before, you know, all those losses where Tony lost and got grappled to death by a lot of people, um, it's kind of looking like that where it's like, but I'd say this this version of Oliveira is just one of the scariest fighters we're seeing right now, easily. But, yeah, I'm... I I kind of took a little tangent, but one one thing I was mentioning though was one thing I've noticed with some of the Makachev fans right now is some of them are even dissing Oliveira, saying, "Well, this guy he's not even like a a super good champ. He he only would fight strikers till they finally made him fight fight Makachev," and it's like, but at the same time, a lot of these guys are hardcore Khabib fans, so it's like. If you're going to be dissing Oliveira's like title reign, like all his title fights, and you're a hardcore Khabib fan, it's like you do realize these guys have fought <laughs> some of the same guys. Um, granted, Ol- and Oliveira, there's a case there. He's even fought, you know, not as many strikers as, you know, Khabib when he was champ because Khabib sub out, sub. Chandler for McGregor. Chandler at least has some wrestling there. And so in comparison to McGregor. So I mean, that's one thing I've kind of noticed. Like, geez, some of these guys are kind of crazy um from the Makachev fan base right now. But yeah, that's uh that's a exciting fight. Um it's gonna be crazy to see what happened. I've always thought though, one thing that's interesting though, I I always feel like this would kind of have an impact, you know. Um the thing that's kind of weird in Abu Dhabi, you know, they fight in the morning. Um, I wonder how that like does like, you know, affect fighters, you know, because I mean, if you're fighting at like, you know, 6am now, instead of you're like normally supposed to be fighting at night. Um, I always felt that was kind of interesting. Like, I wonder, you know, they've only had not a ridiculous amount of cards on Fight Island, but I've always thought that like, hmm, I feel like that would kind of almost like that could change things a little, but yeah, I, I that was random tangent. Going over to the next big fight announcement that happened today. Kamza versus Nate Diaz. Dear Lord, um we had uh Nate Diaz, you know, getting mad, going back and back and forth with the boss man Dana this past week. Um wanting a fight. 
Um, I mentioned how um, my opinion on that, you know, the probably the risky thing. They obviously they were going to use this last fight on something big, obviously. Um, but I think the main reason why maybe they didn't go with you know going, Connor is still recovering, but you know looking at um, for example like if they were to have booked uh, Nate Diaz McGregor three, the the thing that would have happened there is. In a situation where, you know, if they didn't get Nate Diaz on, like, a one-two fight contract extension and Nate Diaz, like, destroyed McGregor, let's just say let's just say they gave him, they're like, okay, your last fight's going to be Diaz-McGregor 3. We're not going to extend your contract or anything. After that, you're done. Um, you can go do your own thing. Imagine if, Diaz, if Nate, like, destroyed McGregor there. He would have left with all the leverage in the world. Um, and could have gone, you know, fight Jake Paul, talk a crap ton about the UFC there. He could have maybe hopped to Bellator. He would have just had a ton of leverage because um, he would have just taken out, you know, the UFC's cash cow and then sailed off into the sunset. But I think in this situation, the UFC now was just like, you know what, buddy? You've pissed us off enough. We're going to give you the most unfavorable matchup and try to <laughs> send you off and let's make this a make this a funeral for your last fight. Um, probably the worst stylistic matchup being Kamza Chimaev. I think this matchup. I think there is a very slight chance if Nate could somehow survive the barrage that Kamza going to throw at him. Um, with all, you know, the grappling, he's going to be throwing bombs at Nate, trying to take this dude, dude's head off with all the stuff he does. Um, if somehow Nate can survive, we know Nate has insane, like insane cardio. If he's somehow able to drag the fight out, I think that's the only way somehow he could beat Chemayev and somehow make it dirty kind of in like, you know, rounds four or five. Or he's somehow able to keep maybe make Kamzat gas himself out and maybe start turning up the heat like how we saw you know Nate almost starched Leon Edwards at the very last minute of the fight so I mean but I think in my opinion on this fight it is a very horrible stylistic matchup for Nate um I know I might get some hate from um the Nate Diaz camp from that, saying that, but I'm just being real here. I think everyone knows Kamzat's easily one of the most scary guys right now. Um, dude has one-shot knockout power. Um, he, can, he can submit you. He's got the Khabib ground and bound. He's just, he's he's good everywhere. And so I think, but in my opinion, what's going to happen here? is if I were to predict this fight, I think he's going to fight this a lot more aggressive. Uh, uh, he did fight, you know, the Burns fight aggressive, but I feel like, you know, there were points there where Kamzat did have to be careful, you know, knowing that Burns also has knockout power. Um, Kamzat knows that Nate's more of a volume guy. Like, Nate doesn't have, you know, that the, the nuclear option. Um, and so... I think Kamzat's just going to press forward and just, you know, not show any respect for Nate's power at all um, because Nate's not really a knockout knockout guy. And so that could be, I, 
I think um, the odds I think have Nate at like a plus seven seventy five right now. I think Kamzat opened at like a minus eleven hundred, something like that. Um, yeah, I I mean if you're gonna bet that fight, I'd bet Kamzat by finish because it's gonna be another situation. It's a Nate Diaz five rounder, but I don't see this going five rounds. I think I think Kamzat's gonna take him out and probably in under three. And so, if you want a little bit better odds, I would go comms out by finish, uh, whatever those at, whatever those odds are at. Um, and then, kind of, kind of diving down um, some of the other things we heard, di- diving down the list, some of the other things we heard this week. Ali threw out a little rumor that you know they might be working on Tariush Poirier. Dor- uh, Poirier um, tweeted how fake news, um, but I think this goes to. In my opinion, I think now that they've officially announced uh, UFC 280, Oliveira versus Islam is going to be the headliner. I think they are going to stack the crap out of that card. Um, Sean Brady versus um, Bilal Muhammad is, I think, right now the co-main event. I don't think that's going to be the co-main. I think you're going to see, um, If in my opinion, I wouldn't be surprised if we see, you know, Chandler Poirier as a co-main to that. Um, I, I, I need to go back and look because they also – let me just check. I'm going to check the date that this got announced because they also announced today TJ Dillashaw versus um, Aljamain Sterling. Um, but I want to say they announced that for September, I want to say. Um, but sorry, kind of stalling here. Um I think what's going to happen, though, is they are going to stack the crap out of this card. I think we're going to see a lot of really good fights get put on this card. Um, One name that actually pops into my mind um, is actually Peter Jan. Um, They, yeah, yeah, so TJ Dillashaw, Sterling, no longer on UFC 279. Okay. Yep. So they moved it to, okay. Yeah. So they moved it to 280. So, okay. So that's, yep. So that was going to go. So that's going to, that's one fight that's going to go on UFC 280. That's probably going to be your co-main. So they got two, two title fights there. Um, but I think they're still going to stack the crap out of this. Um, the main, and then, so one thing I think what I was mentioning, Peter Jan, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Peter Jan fight on this card. I think he mentioned he wants to fight. Um, he was cool fighting in Abu Dhabi. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see something happen there. Um, one fight that also comes to mind, you know, you had the shout-out from Weili Zhang when she beat Joanna. Um, you could have a situation. They put that title fight on this card as well. Um, so Carla versus Weili. But I giving my opinion on Carla, good gosh, man. She's gotta she's gotta just take the fight with Wei Li. It's getting a little ridiculous, in my opinion. She took literally zero damage in her fight with Rose to win the belt. Like Wei Li took more damage in her rematch with Joanna. And she was cool, you know, let's fight in October, neutral territory for the belt. But the reason why, in my opinion, that Carla is, you know, stalling, she wants to, um, she wants to also even fight Marina next. 
is because she has a win over Marina. She knows Marina's, you know, she's already beaten her. So it's like she wants the... <laughs> you don't want to go against the <laughs> the person that just absolutely destroyed Joanna um, with that highlight reel. And then, I mean, that was a number one contender fight. Because being honest, if had had Joanna beat Wei Li, they 100% would have booked Joanna versus Carla. Um, and Carla and Joanna destroyed Carla the first time. So, I mean, that was a legit number one contender for, I don't see how Carla is making excuses saying, no, I should fight Marina. If you get a freaking highlight reel like that and a number one contender fight, hands down, you're next for the title period. Um, I think Rose is in a situation where she's also going to have to, you know, win one after how she lost her belt. So I think the matchups you make right now, you go Rose versus Marina. That's a number one contender fight. Joanna versus Whaley. Uh, put Joanna versus Whaley in, in Abu Dhabi as well. I think that's, I, I loved Whaley's call out there. I think that's the perfect one. And if, to be honest, I think this is a situation where if Carla wants to keep making excuses saying I I don't I think I should fight Marina. I don't have to go on her timeline. It's like Carla like did not win the belt like I don't know in a dominant fashion. That was easily top 3 most boring fights in history. Probably the most boring title fight in history. Even beating out, you know, Izzy Romero or um yeah, just it's just it's just bad, man. Um, and so Carla does not have any bargaining chips right now. I wouldn't even be surprised, you know, if Carla keeps trying to delay. She's not injured right now. She did try and say, oh, I'm injured. But it's like, no, you're not injured. Let's be real here. Um, if she keeps trying to delay, I almost might. I, I would even predict possibly a situation where they might try and strip her and then go Marina versus Whaley for the... For the vacant title. I I honestly could see that situation. Um, because this almost reminds me of like a... Kind of like a GDR... Uh, Jermaine Durandamy versus Cyborg situation. Where uh, GDR, you know... Um, this was actually... If you look at the timeline... It was less than six months. Um, but she did not want to fight Cyborg. So they ended up just stripping her. And then, you know... They made a vacant title fight. Um... There's no set rule that you have a guaranteed 12 months to defend the belt. Like, if you're clearly ducking someone, proof right there with the GDR, um, Cyborg, or if you don't want to fight the number one contender, I mean, they can strip you. The UFC does have that um, have that option. And so I think Carla does have to be kind of careful here, in my opinion, that, I mean... Fans aren't really too happy with Carla, especially if she's trying to say, I don't want to fight Wei Li. Um, and, you know, all the fans like Wei Li after a highlight reel like that. I mean, I don't even think people would be upset seeing, you know, Marina versus Wei Li for the... That's a more exciting fight, in my opinion. But um, TJ Dillashaw versus Aljamain Sterling's on that card now. That gets moved to UFC 280. Um, oh man, this is, that's a, that's a hard matchup in my opinion for Sterling. Um, he thinks he's going to get the, the easy sub, but I mean, TJ does have good wrestling and honestly, man, I, my opinions on TJ, I, I still think, 
Um, he shouldn't have gotten a title shot this fast, in my opinion. Um, he got the split decision win against Sanhagen, but I really think he should have had to win one more, and I think the guy that should have got the next shot should have been Aldo. I really think the the, the guaranteed Hall of Famer played it fair his whole career. I really think they should have done Aldo versus Sterling uh, for the title, but, I mean, they have Aldo versus Marab. Everyone hoping Aldo just destroys Marab to get his shot. Um because I really think that guy deserves it, in my opinion, a lot more than TJ. Um, my opinion on, I I feel like, in my opinion, um, there are a lot of, you know, EPO is one of those, um, one of those drugs that's a lot easier to actually get under the radar because it has such a low half life. And the thing with um, EPO also with USADA. They it requires a specific like it requires a separate test to catch, and so not trying to get too deep in this, um, but in my honest opinion, and co- one thing that does make this even a little more sketchy is that Cody Garbrandt years back specifically said that T.J. Dillashaw was taking EPO specifically so you're getting that specific out of all drugs you're going to call out you call out epo specifically that is what tj eventually gets popped for and you can say like hey but they went back and tested his previous substance previous tests and he was clean when you're talking a drug like that that has like such a low half-life and requires a separate test to catch You got to catch it in the moment. Otherwise, if you go back in time and try and test it, I do not think that's going to be the same. And I think, in my opinion, I think there was a little bit of a... I think there was a reason behind why, you know, TJ, when he did get busted for EPO, when they caught that, he immediately just vacated the belt. Um, Didn't appeal it, you know, just, you know... Let them do their thing. Give me the suspension. Um, sat on the sidelines. Didn't really argue it at all. I think part of that was, you know, help you saw to protect their re- reputation a little. Um, maybe they wouldn't do a full-blown dig. They definitely went under some fire because I, I want to say if you even go back in time and you look, even Dana, I think, was confused about why they weren't doing an EPO test every single time. And in my opinion, I think um, TJ's team – knew there was a loophole there. Um, and then when they finally got busted, they were like, oh, um, okay, we had a good run, guys. Uh, let's just take the suspension. Let's go. Um, granted, I just want to throw out a little disclaimer here, guys. A lot of the stuff I'm saying right now is my opinion. It's not factual there. Um, so what I just said about you know TJ, my opinions on the whole situation with EPO, that is my opinion. If I'm looking at all kind of the facts that happened, that is my opinion. Um, you can take it for what it's worth. Uh, if you want to do your own research on EPO, having like a low half-life, um, how he just vacated the bell, just kind of looking at some of the details, that is my opinion on what happened. And also, one thing that was kind of interesting, I remember when that actually went down. Um, the training lab on Instagram, that gym was actually going under a lot of fire on Instagram. They were even deleting comments that 
um, about like EPO or anyone mentioning stuff or calling them cheaters. Like they were going under a lot of fire. Um, and so I, I just kind of like reflect back on that and kind of like uh, going back to how, why they're making, you know, Aljamain versus TJ Dillashaw. In my opinion, I think, um, I think there's, um, I think there's a huge marketplace for people that know how to beat the system. They know loopholes. Um, I think someone in that training camp knew that USADA wasn't testing for EPO every time. Um, and so, yeah, that's just kind of my, my honest opinion there. Um, but I really going back, that was, you know, little bit sidetracked there but kind of i really think aldo should have gotten the shot next i think tj should have had to maybe win one more whether you went tj versus Jan or you know make tj fight marab something like that i don't know um but then yeah kind of going off some of the other um going off a few other things um got a big card this weekend um aspinall versus curtis blades whoo if i'm giving one of my top picks for this card one thing that I want to throw in, well, here, let me, let me, I've got actually two more points, and then I'll, I'll go my picks on the um, Aspinall Curtis Blades card uh, with UFC London. Um, Triple C came out today, said, like, um, you know, his goal is he wants to fight um, Volkanovsky, and he wouldn't mind, you know, if he has to win the 135 belt again um, to get that shot, he'll do it. Um, I think, you know, I think Triple C is actually in a really good spot right now where if they don't want to give, you know, you know, give him Volkanovsky next, if they for whatever reason don't want to do that. Stylistically, I think, you know, Henry is in a really good spot to reclaim that 135 belt. Um, He would be fighting the winner of Sterling, TJ Dillashaw. Beat TJ Dillashaw once. Um, when TJ was trying to drop to 125, but I, but I mean, you're going to have a crap ton of confidence going into that fight. You've already beaten him once, even though it wasn't a different weight class. Um, but he's going to have a lot of confidence there. He's going to be like, Hey, if I knocked you out once at a lower weight class, I'm probably going to have more power at 135. So if TJ does win that belt back, they're probably going to do that. Sudo versus TJ. I don't think anyone would be disappointed to see that. Um, and then the other matchup, um, Sterling versus, um, versus Cejudo. Um, I think one thing that could be interesting there is, you know, um, Aljamain Sterling's kind of lankiness. Um, he's long. That could give Cejudo some problems, but I think he has, you know, the credentials to be able to neutralize Sterling's grappling, so he's not going to be able to just like you know go for the quick sub. I think his rest his wrestling's too top notch, and it'd be interesting. I think Cejudo's been the king of upsets. I think he could beat. Um, I think he could take out Sterling. I think he could beat either of those guys. In my opinion, um, I think one of the harder matchups for for Cejudo would have been Jan, um, but I think stylistically these are two. Um, two better matchups. Jan did get a little bit exposed now where his grappling, you know, with the rematch with Sterling, um, he definitely needs to up his grappling a little more. Um, I, in my opinion, I, I think, uh, Jan should have won the rematch. Um, 
he should have gotten the nod there. Um, but um, that does show, like, I mean, before that fight, I think Jan would have been probably the hardest matchup for Cejudo, in my opinion. Um, but it'd be interesting because now, you know, I think Cejudo would use that grappling if he were to ever fight Jan, and that could he could definitely drain him a little bit there because it's it's a it's a different style of um grappling comparison to you know to sterling so see what happens there Pereira, you know um has the um he's pretty he's next in line to fight izzy um and then he actually you know threw a little bit of a barb at comsat because comsat made that call out that he wouldn't have before this ds fight got announced he was willing to fight uh Pereira. he wanted to fight Pereira. And, um, basically Pereira kind of shot him down. It's like, you're just trying to get, you know, make a name for yourself. You're a coward and stuff. But I, Kamzat's still got more to prove, but I seriously think, um, for Izzy fans, um, and even Pereira fans, um, Kamzat's like, this is a this is a stat that actually I found kind of concerning for Izzy fans. In the past four fights, Izzy has given up eleven takedowns, and that's with zero in the Cannoneer fight. So in the past, you know, four fights he's given up eleven takedowns. Um, he got his back taken in the rematch with Whitaker. Um, if Izzy beats Pereira, and we some somehow or we we you know and comes out let's just speak hypothetically let's say he goes on a freaking rampage destroys nate diaz Usman, i feel is gonna beat leon in the rematch they set up you know Usman comes out let's say comes out just freaking obliterates Usman. if that happens they're probably gonna set up you know izzy comes out because that matchup's been the hype's just been building for so long and Izzy's running out of opponents at 185 if he were to beat Pereira. Um, that is a concerning stat for Izzy fans. If out of his past four, he's given up 11 takedowns. And one of those was Whitaker. Whitaker's a beast. Um, he got, you know, he did get Izzy's back um, in the rematch. But the one thing about um, Whitaker is he doesn't have any submissions in the UFC. Um, and his whole record in the UFC... Um, whereas in my opinion, if Kamzat were to get Izzy in that position, if he got a full back take on Izzy, uh, I think that's game over that that is a hundred percent game over. Um, I think Kamzat would only need one to two takedowns max to end that fight. And if Izzy, you know, is averaging, you know, about three, that is, that's, you know, that's kind of concerning, <laughs> um, for Izzy fans, in my opinion. Um, yeah, and then um, Chokagian versus uh, Fioro um, got announced for um, for the the Paris card. I think that's an awesome one. And then, um, yeah, maybe just give a little bit of my um, my picks for this weekend. Um, just some ones that kind of caught my eye. I'll probably, you know, I something tells me more drama and stuff's going to happen, happen le- leading up to this. But, you know, um, high stakes, Patty Pemblet versus levitt oh man oh man this is high stakes if patty loses levitt is gonna twerk in london and that is that is 
that is about as embarrassing as it can get. So Batty, <laughs> Patty the Batty, this is high stakes right here. Can't let that happen. But I think Levitt is um, hardest matchup, in my opinion, right now, or hardest matchup so far for Patty. If I'm being completely honest, um, one thing that Patty just, man, he's got to stop getting hit in the the first round by clean shots. Um, yeah, he is pulling off the wins, you know, but um, Kazula and Luigi, they both clipped him in round one. And I think the reason, in my opinion, that they didn't book Tapuria versus Patty, even though you had the you know the hype, hype build up, the beef between those two guys, the reason they did not book that on this card is because knowing Patty is getting you know he's getting clipped, um, dude, you cannot afford to get clipped by Tapuria. You get imagine if he ate one of those bomb shots. Um, that Jai Herbert ate in London. Yeah, the UFC did not, in my opinion, does not want to risk that yet because Patty, you know, has got so much hype around him right now. He's got all the eyes. He's got the barstool sports deal. You don't want that dude getting starched in London by someone like Taporia. I think even at a point they were thinking about going Asaitar, which another is another heavy hitter. Um, I was even like, oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you want to make that matchup yet, but um, but Levitt is no joke. Um, so I think this could be this could be an interesting fight. Um, Levitt's a really good grappler, too. So I uh, I like this like this matchup, but I, I think going back um, back to what I was saying, Patty just can't afford to get clipped anymore. I mean. He has that whole, you know, the whole thing he keeps saying, you know, Scousers, we don't get knocked out. Dude, at 155, there are some fighters with dynamite in their hands. Imagine if you're trying to say, Scousers, we don't get knocked out. You get matched up against Chandler or Gaethje or Oliveira or Poirier, someone that gets you hurt. And when you're hurt, you're going to be in a lot of trouble, Um, you know he can't afford to keep getting clipped like that and so but you know patty patty's super exciting to watch i'm excited to see that one one part one um parlay i kind of like this one was actually kind of cool curtis blades you know i think he's just a beast i think he's actually going to be aspinall in my opinion and then chris curtis so we're going with the double curtis parlay here this was interesting. Curtis Blades is an underdog right now against Aspinall. So they're riding super high on Aspinall. Aspinall's super good. But I think I think I think Blades is gonna pull off the upset. I, I like Blades in this matchup. Um Chris Curtis, though. This is actually a funny story. Um the when Chris Curtis got matched up against Brendan Allen, I wanna say, let me double check here. I don't want to get my facts wrong. Um Chris Curtis, I think, versus Brendan Allen. I want to say that was his UFC debut. Um, <laughs> and I remember, I specifically remember this, actually. Um, uh, no, no, no. Okay, no. Okay, now it's coming back to me. Okay. I, it was um, Phil Hawes versus Chris Curtis. Curtis. I remember I had a, like... A, a par- like a parlay. Every card, I usually always throw, like, you know at least one parlay that's like pretty much the whole freaking card <laughs> and i remember 
<laughs> like I had like a 10 leg parlay or something crazy. And um, I, I always do it for just like a very small amount of money. We're talking like, you know, less like two to five dollars. But if you're going like a 10 leg parlay, you're gonna have like a crazy multiplier at the end. So you're gonna get like at least like a 100. Um, and so anyways, I remember Chris Curtis beats Phil Hawes. And that was one of the earlier fights. But then like the rest of the card, I had to watch like all my other legs were hitting and I think I'm I'm almost positive I think that was the only one that I missed on that card and so ever since then then when like you know the Brendan Allen fight happened versus Chris Curtis um there what happened there um he was uh, I, I want to say he was the underdog going into that fight <laughs> but I was uh, but I was like I, I remember Chris Curtis the parlay destroyer I can't bet against him. <laughs> so I remember making like a big parlay and I had him as one of my underdogs in it and it played off. <laughs> and then, so now every, every card, I am like high on Chris Curtis. I'm like, Chris Curtis champ 2023. <laughs> I have a friend. Um, if you guys are into sports betting at all, um, shout outs to this guy. Um, boogers with boogers with TC um instagram he's my friend um he he does um he does um very good um i mean i'm yeah booger so boogers with tc it's taylor clark sorry i I was double checking the um his instagram handle um awesome sports better fun guy he's getting his stuff started with twitch um everything he always puts his picks out um taylor clark shout out to him just awesome guy go give him a follow um but yeah um it was funny because the the um rodolfo Vieira fight versus chris curtis um that fight um he his like top pick that whole week i remember it was chris curtis was up rodolfo Vieira. so me and him were like just joking back and forth with each other um yeah, but yeah, he. We were actually talking about that matchup today. We both think you know Chris Curtis versus Hermanson. I don't think Hermanson has much for Chris Curtis. Um, there, you know, I think Rodolfo Vieira had better jujitsu than Chris. Uh, sorry, better jujitsu than Jack Hermanson. That, in my opinion, you know, is Jack Hermanson's um, dangerous or most dangerous weapon. Um, if he can grapple you and get you, he's, he has really good ground and pound if he can get it there. But I mean, Chris Curtis showed he stuffed 20 takedowns by Vieira. So, and I think one thing that kind of the, the ace in that's kind of helping Chris Curtis is Chris Curtis trains with Sean Strickland. So if you look at Sean Strickland's record, he beats Brendan Allen by KO. Chris Curtis goes and fights Brendan Allen. He wins by KO. Sean Strickland's most recent win before the um, the Pereira fight was against Jack Hermanson. Went to decision, but I mean, he knows how he he beat the guy, so he probably is gonna. I mean, Chris Curtis and Sean Strickland trained together. He's gonna be able to help him out in the striking department to teach him how to beat you know Jack Hermanson. Um, some of the stuff he saw. And so, um, yeah, I think t- Taylor, um, Taylor and I were kind of talking on that. I kind of like the, the double Curtis parlay there. I think that looks really cool. Um, 
Curtis Blades the underdog. And then at open, Chris Curtis was an underdog as well. So you had double underdogs. I, Chris Curtis or Manson, last time I checked, around like five today, it was a pick em. So it's like a minus 115, Chris Curtis. Got some awesome, you got uh, one more fight there. Um, you got Mokaya versus Johnson. This fight, I think, is going to be one-sided, in my opinion. But there is um, some beef there. Um Kind of interesting. If you guys been watching on Twitter or anything, um, these two been beefing a little bit. Um, Mokaya posted like a picture with like an AK, and um, it definitely brushed Johnson the the wrong way. And so these two have been chirping back and forth. Um, return of Molly McCann. Um, she's fighting this weekend, and yeah. Um, as we get closer, maybe I'll give kind of covered a lot more in this episode this was about 45 minutes so far i think we're at but yeah um hey i appreciate you guys listening in um i i like you know talking about some of the things i've seen in the sport that's going on um some drama somebody tells me we're going to start seeing more happen um i took some notes uh, i think there were a few things i kind of missed but yeah, I'll, I'll throw them in another episode. I'll probably pump another one out right um, before, maybe before the the card, maybe on like Friday or something like that. See if there's any more news that comes out or give some final final insight. But hey, um, if you guys wanna if if you guys wanna help me out, uh, if you wanna give a rating for this podcast on you know Spotify or you know your podcast app. So far, I just have it on Spotify, Anchor, and. Um, apple podcast app um probably eventually down the road you know get it on youtube as well um just to have some something there too but um yeah if you can give me a review there guys or something if you guys also one thing that could help me out i i love um love feedback so good bad and ugly if you want to reach out to me um feel free to shoot me a dm uh on instagram um my handle is at bvosp, B-V-O-S-P, or feel free to shoot me an email. Um, so my email is just my name at yahoo.com. So top of the podcast, you'll see hosted by Brian Vosper, um, Brian Vosper at yahoo.com. Yeah, if you, if you want to get me, hit me up, get in contact with me. Um, yeah, if you, you want to give me any feedback, I would greatly appreciate it. But hey, thanks so much for listening, guys. And yeah. Tune in next time. Have a great night. See ya.